Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Normally, I would start off a podcast by saying Paul, but Paul is not here right now. It is me. I am here. I've been here for a long time. I'm joined by a couple of boys that I love, Sharbamani. Right? Did I say that right? You said that perfectly well, given the hour and your squinty yes. eyes. And Jonathan Braverman. Braverman, bravo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm happy to join. And and, and 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 they're joining me on this podcast because I'm 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 on 39 hours I've been up in a row and I decided you know what one more thing I'm going to do to celebrate the Suns clinching the Western Conference Championship is record one final podcast before I fall asleep for the next like I don't know like hopefully like at least six hours or like 19 who knows so let's go ahead let's get rolling on this episode of Fanning the Flames boys. Valley boys, we them 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 valley boys. Let's go, sons, to the day y'all die. Valley boys, we them valley boys, we them valley boys, we them valley boys, we them valley boys. And uh, welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, the OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys, by the fans, that is us. Zane Zor, of course, the official rapper of the Phoenix Suns, the official rapper of Fanning the Flames. And he releases new raps on social media after they win. You all know him. We see him everywhere. We love him, Zane Zor. You can get all this stuff at zanezor.com. That's www.zanezor.com. Give me a follow on, on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay Paul. Is that Dervish of Whirl? I don't know why I said it like that. Do you guys want to plug your Twitters really quick? I defer to Bravo on this since technology. No, mine. I don't. I think it's. Okay. Jay. I'm not sure. My, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't worry about mine. Right cool. <laughs> I'll pl- I'll plug it for you when I publish this. I might forget that we even did this. and might never see the light of day. Who knows? But we're gonna go ahead and do it anyway because here we are. Right, right, boys. Right, boys. Right, boys. Okay, and of course, hold on. I have to finish this. And of course, Fanny the Flames, the Suns Jam Session available on all pod forms and don't forget to rate review and subscribe i don't know i just always love saying pod forms speaking of pod forms that's not a segue at all because we're going to talk about the suns dude clinching the west first time in 28 i'm gonna cuss mother kids girls cover yours fucking years yes sir it's beautiful you're really old because I don't feel like it was that long ago. But. Shut the, shut up. What are you doing? <laughs> don't make us feel old right now. Let us feel young. I Dude, I, I, I'm up for 39 hours straight. I was at an airport at like 2.30 in the morning 
taking pictures of people in cars. Normally you get arrested for that kind of stuff, right? But guess what? 20,000 of my friends were there and it was amazing. So don't make me feel old right now, bravo. We'll do it again. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. You know, speaking speaking of aging us a little bit though, as we get into this, it, it is a little weird to be sitting in a bar with, you know, people who are in their early 20s or, you know, like a 25 year old right now. And you just think back and you're like, you weren't even alive for that Paxson three. I mean, you weren't, yeah. weren't even alive the last time, you know, we had a whiff of this and got our hearts broken the way we You don't did. even know what this means. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So it's kind of crazy to think back to that era and everything that's transpired since then. And, you know, here we are back on that doorstep again. I mean, three, it really is, it's three decades later. And it feels so good. Like it just feels, it feels so good. And everybody's so so happy well matter like son's twitters you know there's, it's, it's, i love you guys you are what you are i love all of you for it that's all i have to say but no what's amazing dude so I'll, I'll talk about the crowd last night right so we went down to the airport it was me um my, my buddy sam my buddy dan uh, we went down there and it was it felt like vegas because people are doing stuff that you normally don't do in public, like, you know, walk around with beer, uh, you know, just smoke weed everywhere. And there were cops all over the place, but they were just like, just stay out of the road, stay out of the road. You're out. Okay. You're out of the road. We're good. I, I mean, it was, it was just like a party atmosphere, but everyone was just having fun. There was no, 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 no little tussle, like nothing, even Anytime you get large groups of people together like that, right? You're going to have something break out. Like, right, inevitably, like somebody's going to cross, something weird is going to happen. There's going to be some little skirmish. Not a damn thing that I saw at all, all night. Just everybody celebrating, getting along, dancing. There was music. Uh, it was great. It was great. It was great. I don't know what you guys want to say right now. I, I, I can just keep, keep talking, but I'm going to stop. Well, I, I mean, I think that makes sense. It just feels like for people, you know, who aren't from here or, you know, for people that, you know, haven't been Suns fans, you know, they, they, I guess they don't get what, you know, this team means to this city. You know, we're, we're, we've been a basketball town first for the last 30 or 40 years, just because we haven't, you know, we didn't have baseball until 20 years ago. And we, you know, our football team, as much as we love them, I mean, they, they had two winning seasons in their first 21 years here. I mean, you can't make that stuff up. So we, we've always been a basketball town. And to go through what we went through, you know, with the change in ownership in the last 10 years and every tragic thing that happened during the Nash era, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it's just been like this feeling of inevitability for me for two months. And it's been this giant two month, one month long celebration since the playoffs started and for it to kind of culminate like it did last night, like you described it, where it was a giant party at the airport. I mean, nothing makes more sense than what you just said. Uh, only a couple months, Shark? Come on. that's, that's... <laughs> Well, you, you're right. I mean, this, there are some people on this podcast who've been waiting for uh, certain bets to pay off since November. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, <laughs> who yeah, shall who shall remain nameless right what about you bravo what you thinking man how you feeling i mean you look good on your hd webcam <laughs> oh man i was happy last night man it was it was definitely cheers of joy um 
you know, that feeling only uh, a small few each year can feel, you know, in whatever sport it is. And it's just, it's so difficult. You know, somebody like Chris Paul has taken this long just to get there and, and be able to feel that uh, and be able to share it with the city of Phoenix is just unbelievable. Um, you know, I've been an Arizona sports fan since my ASU days, Cardinals, you know, I was there for when the Diamondbacks won it. And, and that was, that was great, but I don't, I don't know. I just, maybe it's the, the technology of this era, just feeling more attached to it, more involved in it, that, you know, you, you have more around the clock uh, connection uh, mm-hmm. to everything that's going on. So it's been phenomenal and um, yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. So do you guys have preferences on who to play? No, I'm kidding. I'm not even going to talk about that. You know why? Cause it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I'm not saying to the basketball gods, I am not saying it doesn't matter because the Suns are, I'm guaranteeing a Suns win because that would be bad energy, bad juju, if you will, for the Suns. I would never do such a thing. But what I will say is it doesn't matter because the Suns are going to play whoever it is. So I don't care who it is because totally. whoever it is, is who it's going to be. I'll say, I'll say this though, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, just because this is one of the topics I mean we're gonna have to address. It's the monkey in the room with all the injuries that are going on. But I believe it, it's an elephant, is it not? You're right. it, is, it is an elephant. Not... <laughs> Maybe I'm the one who hasn't slept. Well, actually, a, mo- a monkey in a room sounds like it's just like more fun. Like it's it's still a distraction, more but playful, just like a right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's something that's got to get addressed, and more. It's more. Yeah. Yeah. Elephant's gonna elephant's, elephant's gonna mess stuff up. Like a monkey. Well, a monkey will probably right. mess stuff up, but like you know, you can you can fix that. An elephant, you might need to like just rebuild the whole house. Wow, that was a tangent. Go. So the elephant in the room is all these injuries that's going on and everything everyone's been saying. So with that said, if you ask me who I want to play, I want to play the healthier team. So if we know the trace coming back for Atlanta, and again, this might be kind of, you know, karmically doing some things just because I'm so confident in the Suns, but I want to beat a healthy team in the finals, you know, and if that doesn't happen and we lose, so be it. But I want to, you know, I want to go down playing a full squad. And if that seems like it's Trey Young, just because, I mean, does anyone really think that Giannis is going to be able to walk in the next year, let alone step on a court after that injury? Dude, that was so gross. Right. You know, it's funny too. Is this human nature to do this? I saw it. And my first instinct was to turn to my wife and go, did you see that? And she goes, no. And I go, watch this. I feel like that's kind of messed up, but isn't that kind of your first instinct is to be like, oh, you need to see this now because I suffered through it. But it was I gross. have made people watch that Sean Livingston injury oh. more times than I should probably admit, you know, on any sort of public record. But yeah, yeah, it's totally human nature. Anyway, injuries, go on. What are we talking about? So that's my preference. I don't know about what, what do you guys think about that, but wouldn't you want to play the healthier? Yeah, team? I mean, you know, and, and like we were kind of talking about a little bit earlier before I said, like, there's this, this narrative that people, you know, outside of Arizona, friends of mine in Miami, friends of mine are local. They say, Oh yeah. Well, you know, you guys are kind of, I mean, they didn't have AD in the first round. There was no Jamal Murray and you know, okay, well now it's without Kawhi. And it's like, you don't take away from it. You know, Chris Paul had his games that he was out. They played the supposed world's greatest player. They played the MVP. 
Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, I'm with Char as far as saying like, I don't want anybody's excuses or reasons any further. I want a healthy team. You know, I wouldn't want to play a team that wasn't at its best, preferably, but you know, either one, uh, Trey Young will probably be back, uh, a lot quicker than Giannis, obviously. So, um, I like to see that. I'd also like to see the Hawks for, it's almost like two teams, not playoff contenders, right? Um, kind of like a, just a magical series, like a, a, a shifting in the balance of powers of NBA of saying, and, okay, it's not the big market teams. It's not the usual suspects. It's two teams. You would have never guessed that would be there in the beginning of the year. I think that can be fun versus Atlanta. I feel like there's one gigantic narrative and I, I really want to address all that injury stuff. I would like to talk about that, but there's one gigantic narrative that you, you did not touch on right there that has to hop right in your head if it's Atlanta and Phoenix, who's missing from that equation? Well, the, the, the whole draft situation again. Yeah. yeah. I want it for that reason. Now I want, now I want Atlanta. No, I really don't care. I don't, but let's talk, let's talk about the injury stuff. Cause dude, how, I don't understand why people, I guess I'm, I was about to say, I don't understand why people are stupid, but I guess that's just, you know, you can't really stop that. Right. But how about the fact that, LeBron and AD played, you know, the first game and a half of that series while the Suns had Chris Paul healthy for about eight minutes, gone for about, you know, eight minutes and then one armed for whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And the Suns that, that period, that stretch right there dominate. I, I, that Lakers team never scared me at any point. I'm on record saying that. I'm on record saying I wanted the Lakers in the first round. And I, actually, that was the logical thing to want. I don't know why anybody wouldn't have, but that's a whole different story. That's in the past. Denver, don't give me the Jamal Murray excuse because let's look at the season series with Denver. Yeah, we lost it. How did we lose it? We lost it in that back-to-back in Denver where the first game went to overtime when it shouldn't have because – Jamal Murray traveled before he hit the three that sent it to overtime, right? And then what happened in overtime, Devin Booker got injured about a minute and a half in, right? We lost that game. Book didn't play the next game. We lost that game in overtime also. So don't give me that we're going to lose or we're going to lose with Jamal Murray when we would have won both of those games had that first call not been blown, as far as I'm concerned. So... That's what I think about the narrative. Did that would, did that make sense? I feel like that was logical. Yes. I think it, I think it makes. Sorry, Rob. Were you gonna say something? No, no, no. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I, there's even more beyond Chris Paul. I mean, I, you know, Devin Booker was Devin Booker, but wasn't fully Devin Booker wearing a mask for you know the games in this series. I feel like it bothered him a little bit at some points. For sure. You know, had to get used to it a little bit. So maybe played with his head slightly. Obviously he came through, but you know, every team has to deal with things and that's just, you know, the way it is. Here's, here's the way I, hey, hey, but do you remember that one season when nobody got hurt? <laughs> right. Exactly. 48, right? Exactly. That, was, that was one of the things I was going to get into. So I think the two things that, you know, I bring up one is what you're saying. If you look at last year, the Lakers got to play Portland, who was red hot going into the playoffs. Right without Damian Lillard in games four and five and with him hobbled from game one. And then who do they get in the finals? They got the Miami heat who came out of nowhere with Goran Dragic shelved. And I think hero or another one of their, you know, young players, Duncan Robinson 
goes down with an injury. So mm-hmm. just look at last year and then look at the year before. You know, as great as Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry and all the respect in the world for those boys, the reason Toronto won it, you know, a big part of it was there was no Kevin Durant and there was no Clay Thompson in game six. One of the, like Golden State's about to force game seven, even without Durant. So, you know, show me a year. Oh, the Warriors, when they started their dynasty, Matthew Deladova was LeBron's right-hand man because Kyrie and Kevin Love were injured. So this is, this is part of the reality of life, guys. Like, you know, just grow up and accept it because it happens way more than people choose to remember, especially Lakers fans. You know, are you giving back your title from the bubble, guys? I don't think you are. Just yeah, let it go. That, that one doesn't count, actually, so it doesn't matter. Right. It didn't count to begin with, but yeah, I mean, if you want to make the injury argument, this isn't one that's going to end well for a lot of teams. You know, what's an awesome idea is putting two lawyers on a podcast together. What a fantastic <laughs> idea this was. Yeah, we're just yeah. both, we're, we're both yelling at the audience. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> yeah, the audience is like, we, we agree. We agree. Yeah. <laughs> this is a son's podcast. You're right. Just be nice. Stop making transitional, like, arguments like moreover and furthermore and you know we don't want to hear these words man we're just driving to work oh my goodness here here's one more thing that i want to say speaking of speaking of lawyering it you know the other point too is i i look at it a little differently than you guys i think the marie injury the davis injury those do matter but i think where people are wrong because they, they they happen and those are great players like Kawhi leonard's out whether we like it or not and he would have been a difference maker i think we have to admit that but they happen um, but i think more than that though i think where people are wrong is saying that the outcome would have definitely been different if they were there and i think here's what you have to look at anthony davis goes out and the lakers lose the game by 30 in a game they were never in and then they lose game six by 16 at home in a game they were never in. So right. it's not like you're losing it by one to two points where Anthony Davis definitely makes a difference. You're getting spanked. And like Justin said, you're losing the first three games. You're losing one out of those three without Chris Paul in there. So don't you, you of course, Anthony Davis not being there impacts the game, but would they have definitely won? You can't say that when you just lost the last two games by 50 points. Right. Vegas says he's only worth two points. And I don't know if you guys noticed that there, there may have been a fight at the Denver's game where some guy said Suns in Suns in four, but that means sweep, did you, dog. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Did you guys did you guys maybe see some of the shirts that came sure, out? Sure, sure. I'm sorry I'm laughing because you sound like you're in like a tunnel. Oh. <laughs> like like you're on like a train or something. I don't know. That's you guys are so quiet. I feel like you guys should be more excited. Why am I so what, what time is it? I'm at mm, 36, 40 hours, 40 hours. Buddy, we're, we're here, man. We're, we've been celebrating, you know, you didn't think a couple months was long enough, but we're, we're here. We're, we're excited. You know what we should kind of do though? I mean, what? we've kind of gone 20 minutes and we haven't talked about any of the players or the game. We've kind of used this as, which is, which is fine. Cause it, you know, this feels like a big, like self-help like moment, like the last month where we're all just kind of like standing together, but I mean, as far as like the games have gone and the players themselves, like maybe we should kind of talk about that. Like, I'm I'm curious to like after Chris Paul's performance last night, like who? I mean, do you guys think there's an MVP on this team through the first three rounds? And if so, you know, is there one guy that sticks out? Can you even call yeah. out one guy at this point? No, 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 because 
I mean, you can just know because it's 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 always book or it's CP or it's both of them, you know. And there have been some games where it's been neither of them. But I don't think I wouldn't necessarily sit there and go, well, no, I think actually if I had a pick, I'd say CP. You you pick Chris Paul. Yeah, see how see how I just con- see how I just convinced myself without even like saying anything useful. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was pretty lawyerly. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah. Convince myself in my mind. No, because I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just recency bias. Because Books had his big games, obviously, the closeout game in LA, the first one. Um, so they've both had their big moments in these playoffs. So now I'm back. Nope, I'm I can't pick one. What are you, Bravo? You know, I I can't pick either, but I'm a big fan of what Aiden's been doing. You know, yeah. I mean, that lines that oh. he's been putting up there. Um, you know, uh, he's been playing some monster games there. Just double double monster. Um, so I've been impressed with every game that he's had. I mean, I'm not gonna try to put him in there over over Chris Paul or or over Book, but. You got to. I think you have to give it to um, Paul for more than the stat lines, right? I think it's for just being the leader. Um, I think the leadership is going to give him the MVP in my mind. Well, well, and let's 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 step back because I was I was looking at kind of in the perspective of just like kind of like a two man race, but I think there's a good argument to be made that DA should very much be in that conversation and perhaps a very, very perhaps winning argument even to be made that he could be that guy because he's been the one that's been the most consistent. Most consistent. He's he's been the the anchor. He's the most irreplaceable too. Mm -hmm. I mean, going to your point, Justin, thinking that it's either Paul or it's Booker or it's both, you know, we've had games without Paul and we've had games that Booker's down and one of them picks the other one up. You know, we haven't had too many games where DA's down, but imagine – you know, God forbid, knock on wood, serious knock on wood. If, if DA is the one who's, you know, goes out because of COVID for two games, or he's the one, you know, who hurts his shoulder. You Stop being so specific. <laughs> I'm just bringing up stuff that happened, man. I'm just, I'm saying if it was DA and not Chris Paul, who we had to deal with for portions of the Lakers series, I mean, we got manhandled. And is a defensive element too. I mean, the defense right. has been phenomenal. And yeah, dude, think- he is so fun. He is so fun. Did you guys see? You guys saw the video of him from last night, right? You like better of because I sent you the goddamn link. <laughs> he is, dude. Dude, oh my god, dude. When he when he was letting uh, everybody like touch the trophy, first of all, that actually kind of made me feel weird because you know, pandemic we just came out of or are coming out of. I don't know how do we classify that anyway. Um, but just that energy and just the joy on his face and. Dude, book even smiled at one point. It was quick. It was there. <laughs> it doesn't happen too often. It does huh? not, dude. It was right. like, it was, dare I say, it's kind of adorable. Like, I feel like I can say that because I could really actually theoretically be old enough to be his father. So I can say he does adorable things. But it was, it was like an adorable little smile. Like he was like kind of sheepish. It was, it was, it was a moment. So him and Chris Paul were riding in the same car when they got yeah, back? They were. They were. Okay. I mean, they, <laughs> they have them kind of like they, the dudes were like they hopped up you know in out of the sunroofs and stuff like that um but they were in one of books you know how books got those classic cars that he he likes yeah and one of those um dude 
Kaminsky comes comes rolling rolling out. He's standing out the sunroof. He chugged a beer. Um, and it's funny because I'm sitting there as Kaminsky's coming by. People kept looking inside. I'm like, why are people? Because everyone else just had you know some somebody else was driving, you know, and they come rolling by and big ass smile. Mikel Bridges just happy as hell, just driving. Frank Frank's hanging out the sunroof, dude. It was just like such like a joyous moment. Such That's a awesome joyous that moment. it's Bridges driving. Frank oh, because Frank the Tank's like going like that KC offensive lineman who had a beer like in the right. middle of the game. Yeah, dude. They're That's like they, they they come across like they become like that like that odd couple. You know what I mean? Like like Frank's like super like tedious and is always like keeping stuff like nice and tidy and like Mikhail's like the ah oh, hey let's just kind of yo man let's like hang out and have fun and be happy you know go lucky kind of thing. I, <laughs> I just made a, I think I just made a sitcom. Yeah. Sort of. Frank and McHale. Sort of. That would actually, that'd be a hell of a thing, man. You guys remember Nate Robinson and Glenn Davis? See? They were kind of like Shrek and Donkey. I could see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Taking yeah. on their own. <laughs> Frank and McHale. You know, speaking of playoff MVPs, by the way, have you guys noticed that Frank the Tank has solidified himself as the MVP of the bench cheering squad? Like every championship run as the one guy who's the first guy off the bench to greet the team. If you're watching the sidelines throughout this run, it's been Frank, like just coaching the team up from his little like pandemic style seat, like uh, at the front of that bench. It's phenomenal. You know what you have to see is, well, you've, you've been to a playoff game already, Shar. When you've been to games, they've been doing this all season. Did you go to any regular season games? Like when they had a limited capacity? I didn't capacity? get to any regular season. The first one I went to was game five of the Lakers series. In playoffs. Okay. Did you notice at all, like during warmups, after they do the introductions? So I guess not during warmups, after warmups, while they're doing introductions, after they do introductions, they do this little high five line where they kind of like skip back and forth and high five each other. Did you notice that at all? I didn't. Oh no. my gosh. It looks like the like most fun ever. Like Bravo, you were just in Disneyland, right? It, it would be like, I feel like that should be like a little land in Disneyland, like sun's high five land. It looks just amazing. <laughs> you need some sleep, buddy. You're creating, you're creating sitcoms. <laughs> you're creating Disneyland territories. Yeah. You're, you're, you're ready. You were, you, you have celebrated the shit out of the suns the last couple of days. You can tell. You know, I said, I said when when that game ended, I turned to my buddy and I go, I don't want this moment to end, and here I am, right. twenty six hours later after the game, still going. <laughs> the energy in the city too, it's 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 fantastic. I I have people honking at me just because I have a Phoenix Suns, uh, license plate. When did that start? Like, L.A. Lakers series. Okay. People started doing that. Even when we were behind, this I don't recall that specifically. Um, maybe there was a honk too when we were behind. I'm not sure, but something that, that interests me with as far as the energy in the city, and I noticed this on that Suns Nation uh, Facebook. Um, oh, don't go there. Well, no, I, I get it in my newsfeed all the time. I get it, it's always in my news. Shar's always commenting on it, so that's why it pops up in my newsfeed. He's always commenting. Sun's Facebook is, I mean, Sun's Sun's Twitter can can get a little volatile from time to time, right? But Sun's Facebook is a dark place. It really. What I don't like is that people call out like, "Oh, you're a new fan," and blah blah blah. 
you let people enjoy whatever fan they are. If they joined today, if they joined yesterday, if they joined 20 years ago, who gives a shit? They're rooting for the Suns. Like, what do you care? Like, oh, you're a new fan. Like, dude, who the fuck are you? I've got, I've got actually, I have a great little anecdotal story about that that happened to me just recently, if, if you guys would indulge me. Yes, please. <laughs> so somebody had tweeted, you know, during this series, some uh, something about being incredibly concerned or seriously concerned about Booker and how um, um, Beverly's in his head, blah, blah, blah. And I, I responded and just said, like, you know, quote, seriously concerned, LOL. Just left it at that. And he comes in and starts saying, like, oh, you must never watch the Suns game and only watch the highlights. And I just want to be like, oh, dude, bro, bro, bro. But I just uh, – there's one of, the, one of those that you just kind of let, let be. Just let it be. I don't understand. Yeah, it's, do that I think Suns Nation on Facebook for me is like that car crash that you just can't stop, like, staring at. I mean, it's just a constant disaster, but – Every once in a while, there's something that happens. It's like, okay, okay, I'm, this is why I'm here. You know, it's, it's worth talking about. I just had a question pop in my head that I want to ask you guys because I've I've actually been running a bit of a uh, a very scientific study uh, by by me on Twitter. Oh, this sounds serious. Twice so far, I've I've run this poll twice, and and I want to see. I'm going to run it again. I think maybe I'll even throw it up tonight. We'll see. In a seven game series. 2020, 2021 Phoenix Suns versus the 92-93 Phoenix Suns. Who wins? Are we playing with 2021 rules or are we playing with 92-93 rules? I think that matters. I will say, well, are, are you just going to simply say that whichever era team wins and that... Well, How about yeah, they're playing in 2009 rules? Right, that's a good question. You know, and this might, this might answer it then for you. I think if we're playing in rules the 2021 team clearly wins and this goes to what i've been saying about this team all along i think james jones constructed the perfect roster for this era given you know the one dominant big man the four three and d wings that he has the dominant backcourt two of whom can get points on their own i think it's perfect for this era so in this era this team wins if you go to that era i think it's a toss-up so I'm probably leaning towards the current team. Okay. And one, one thing, one monkey wrench I was going to throw in, but I guess it, since you were able to even using the era's rules decide, maybe it doesn't matter, but maybe this will help you, Bravo. What if you assume they're self-policing, calling your own calls? They'll protect the integrity of the game. I would assume actually better than the referees themselves. That's we true. can get on that if we want. But Better's anyway. Not you going street ball. Street ball. So I'm throwing uh, the, the 2018, 2017. Well, now you're just messing up my scientific study. Because they should have been there. They should have been there. Well, okay. If you want to give me like some algorithm, how I can determine how to decide between three teams in a seven game series. Do I have to set up brackets? Ooh. Around Robin. That's an idea. <laughs> I, think you just, I think you just rank them, you know, one through three where you come up with there but i i hear you that sounds less fun that does there's sound no, less there's fun no, there's no series then I'm, I'm curious to get braverman's answer on this where would you lean 92 93 or this team i think so. he's gonna say 0708 no matter what we do right now <laughs> <laughs> kind of like eating right 
Um, I, I think <laughs> like, cool. yes, next I, question. I, I like I like the size. I like the leadership. I like the youth. I like the three and D. Yeah, I mean, like you said, just a it's a lanky team that can that can play D. Um, I like how much they share the ball. Um, so I like the depth on this team. Although I probably couldn't give you the depth, the full roster of the '92 uh, '93 team, but um, I would go with this team. I think this team's pretty special. So when I did this first, I did it like I believe in March or so. And it came out to be about two thirds, one third, 92, 93. I did it about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago. And it was dead heat, 50, 50. Oh. So. Time for the third and final. Exactly. Exactly. And then my very scientific study that I don't even know how many people did it. There's probably, it's probably like me and Paul. <laughs> that's it but anyway so i i just I, I i've always kind of thought that was an interesting question because i i my answer is this team and it's been this team since very early on this season frankly i i just think this team is that good and i know i say a lot of crazy outlandish shit but they're in the finals so was it that outlandish? This team is just that good, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is that good. It's again, it's perfectly constructed for this era. It just, it just is. It's everything that you know. This modern era of playing four guys out and one guy in. I mean, Aiden, you know, and we. It, it's funny. He, it was right in front of us, and just because Donkic has been so flipping good, I don't care what anyone says. He is Donkic is amazing. Like. The fact that Aiden and Trey Young could be in the finals doesn't take away from Donkic's greatness. It just adds to their own. But Aiden's per Aiden's the perfect center for this era. You know, he just he sets screens, he plays defense, he finishes eight. What's he shooting? Eighty percent for the Clippers series. I mean, he's close to it. That's insane. He, no, I'm I, I he's shooting. I'm pretty sure he's shooting above eighty percent for the playoffs. That's nuts. It's, it's and we could be wrong on that, but it's nuts that it's not that outlandish. No, no, what he is doing right now is unheard of. That much I do know, and I believe he is shooting above eighty percent. It's crazy. And if the he's not, he should be. Points a game. That's nuts. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, DA has been DA has been key. I mean, makes me feel a lot better about you know wanting the Suns to draft him since he like committed to U of A. <laughs> <laughs> and we knew we were going to have the chance to because we were that bad. And who won the lottery this year? Do you even know? I don't know I who won the Pistons. lottery. I think the Pistons did, right? Houston's mm. too. Mm. Okay. I'm such a casual. <laughs> I felt good. That actually kind of felt good to say. Hey, going back to your eras question, just because I don't know why this partly because it just jumped in my brain, but partly just because I want to give campaign some love too. If you were comparing the three eras, which sixth man would you pick? Campaign, Barbosa from the middle era, or would you go, who was the sixth man on the previous one? Would you say Danny Ainge was? Marley, wasn't he? Marley didn't start, did he? Did, I, thought Ainge, I thought Ainge started and Marley came off. The, no. No, Marley was starting that first year. Before they went. So Ainge? I think it was Ainge was the clear sixth man on that finals team. Oh, I'd take Barbosa. 
take Barbosa over what Payne's been doing this run? Longevity. I mean, I, I think I need to see a bigger sample size. Oh, fuck. I don't want to say that. Oh, that's, yeah, man. That's, mm, I don't know. Maybe, may, and maybe that's just the, the, this could very well be just the longevity of me being a fan and seeing Barbosa do that for us for so long. Yeah. Because I see what you're saying, but I can't bring myself to say that I would pick campaign over Barbosa just yet. And, and that could be me being a fan and not a fully objective person. And obviously I love campaign, but just there's a longer history with Barbosa. I feel like I'm talking like about exes or something (laughs) or a current and an ex perhaps. Well, then it'd be oh. flipped, right? Then you'd be you'd be defending the current one. Otherwise, you'd be in the road pretty soon if you heard this podcast. So, but yeah, which one? I mean, which I, one? Which one of the? Which one of the six men is my girlfriend now? Barbosa's the ex, man. <laughs> campaign, campaigns you're currently dating. So you're building up the ex right now, Barbosa. Not bad. I should have known that. I should have known that. Johnny, what do you think? I, I'd lean Barbosa too, but I mean that was that was my sentiment too is there was just years and years of Barbosa. Um, yeah. The sample size is just a lot bigger of what he's done versus what campaign's done, not taking away anything that campaign's done, but you know, it's the one year anniversary campaign was yesterday. Whereas you had Barbosa for just so many years that, you know, you knew what you had year after year. I just can't, I can't remember another bench performance as great as Barbosa was. I can't remember a single off season where he was as impactful in a, you know, playoff stretch. And maybe it's because all of them ended in some just fluky heartbreak, right? Whether it was the Johnson broken face or the stupid Ori hip check, but what Payne's done, I can't remember a bench player, maybe other than what Goran Dragic did that one year where, when he went off and when we swept against, the Spurs, exactly. When he went nuts in that fourth quarter, I mean, and that was, again, only one year as compared to Leandro, who did it for four or five. But, yeah, I mean, what Payne has done in some of the games this playoff run, I think it's just been magic. No, he's been absolutely huge. I mean, and that's the thing. Dude, I've been, I've been, I've been pounding the podium about this all season, even though Paul and I have barely recorded. So, But I've still been doing it all season, just very sporadically. Yeah, your wife the, can attest. The, the thing about this team, what I – the thing about this team is is the depth. That's that's what I've always thought was going to be the hugest key. The hugest key this season, especially with it being such a weird season, we've seen uh, come to fruition. I mean, we've got all these teams that people people get injured, and you know we've got guys that we're not even putting on the floor yet because, and they're capable players. I mean, I think we see we've seen Langston Galloway come out and light it up, and we haven't seen him on the court in forever. Does that mean he's not a capable player? No, we're just that deep. And I think that's what, what's allowed us to you know, be able to be successful. That's one, one of the huge aspects of, of this season for us. And, and I think look at one, one thing we've seen in the past few days that I think kind of is an att- uh, attestation to that is Abdul Nader coming in, just getting reactivated and just getting thrown in and getting Tory Craig's minutes in front of Tory Craig. Why? Why? Can somebody give me any sort of logical explanation not to go on a complete tangent about him, but why? Because I, I the only thing on and, and this sounds insane. This sounds insane. And coming from somebody who's up for 40 hours, maybe it is insane. But the only thing I can come up with is Monty was like 
let me see what Dooley can do now that he's healthy again. And if it's not going to work out, whatever, it's fine because he's that confident this team is that good and we're going to win that series. And he's able to continue to kind of tweak, kind of see what he's got, work his, work his, you know, work, work the game, work his system as we're still going through the playoffs because of the talent level on the team, the depth of the team and, and their ability to, you know, operate within the system that he's put in. I can accept that. I mean, that's an explanation that makes sense. It's kind of crazy. Right. Exactly. It's crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. It's a crazy explanation. I think it makes sense. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of other than the fact that maybe, you know, Nader's a little more offensively well-rounded where maybe he can create his own shot and, that's, and what, kind of, that's that's the reward risk factor that you're talking about, right? Take a risk where he's exactly. Not. And and that's one thing that um, my buddy Sam had pointed out was you know Nader is he's he's, he's a better slasher um, than than Craig. And I, I candidly I I haven't paid that much attention to them either one of them to really know that type of tendency. But if that's the case, then that kind of goes to that point. You know, ability to create shot. A, different type of offense comes in you know He's better uh, but, off the he can yeah. create his own shot whereas craig's completely dependent on the rest but again the point being that i feel like most 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 of the time 99 percent of the time if you have a guy that's been out like 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 Dooley had for that extended period and he's all of a sudden activated and you're in the middle of the western conference finals Right. When are you ever going to see, especially in no, no disrespect, but it's not like you've got a superstar coming in that you're like, yeah, we need him back. Right. Right. So again, is it just the, that's the logic of it. it seems to be the only explanation if it is. And so be it. And whether that's confidence, if it's risky, whatever, I, I, I have all the confidence in the world in this team. I honestly don't know that I've been more confident before a game than I really was before that this, this last game six. Cause I felt the character of this team was not going to allow them after coming out and getting punched in the mouth in the biggest game of the season to come out and let it happen again. And they didn't. Absolutely. And that's why I love this team boys. I love them. So excited. Oh, four more, man. Four, four more. more. But it, I mean, it really, yeah, just feels, it just, I mean, just this Arab and a, a inevitability <laughs> it just seems like this was you know and you were right like when we got the lakers you were the one who was advocating for and i was i was the one who was like at all costs avoid lebron in the first round and i don't know i still think the way it played out that was probably you know at full strength if both teams were at full strength i think we would have won but that was the that was the series that i think would have given us the most trouble at full strength but it just yeah once we past them i mean at no point i think in the denver series did any of us lose any sleep i i I almost felt like bad for denver i was just like oh guys like we we can just not do this we don't have to right yeah let's let's move on to the next round yeah but no i'm i'm with you nothing nothing scares me but i this this is a different team how about this like one thing Sam and I were talking about while we were driving all over and doing this whole thing last night is there's just this different feel about this team. Like there's, it's, it's like a, a, an aura of confidence. It's something that just, you think back to even the seven seconds or less area, it just didn't feel like it was there. Maybe for them, it's the word defense, but even with the 92, 93 team and, and, and perhaps with them, it's, it was Jordan, you know, but the circumstances 
feel different. This team feels different. And I, and I think that's why there is this, there is an aura of confidence, not just with the team, but with the city, everybody's, everybody's fired up, man. This is fantastic. I'm just going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that. Do you guys have any last thought? Anything, anything else you want to add? I mean, I don't I have no idea how long we've been going. I've kept track of nothing. I've had so I've, I've loved every second of this. Can I say that? Can I say yeah. that? Absolutely. Every second of it. In fact, say it one more time. Every second of it. Fantastic. But no, any any other topics? Anything you guys want to chat about, dude? I'm 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 good. Let's let's. let's what do you, What do you guys think this does to uh, the Chris Paul legacy narrative? You think? I mean, if we end up winning four more and he he gets that championship, how much of a difference do you think that makes? Can Can I just say that when you said? If we win four more, I was I, my mind went right to four championships. Oh, <laughs> not, not one, not two, not three. Did you have like a LeBron moment over there? No, I just I, I didn't I didn't do this arrogant, stupid walk and thing. I just jumped straight to four. I cut yeah. to the chase. Yeah, exactly. Like we're you're not trying to like sell ratings here. No, no like- I, I, dude, Chris Paul's legacy has changed already. I think from from this playoffs. I mean, it. I mean, there, undeniably, it has because he's gotten over the multiple hurdles in his playoffs that, that he hasn't been able to get over in his, in his career. Right. And, uh, I mean, winning a title is only going to improve it. And this is a guy, if you asked me the same question, like 18 months ago, I'd be like, man, fuck Chris Paul. It just flops and blah. No, I, he doesn't though. He just, he gets hit a lot. It's weird. Like, why do people do that to him? <laughs> but I mean, he, he what was his legacy before a great point guard who just couldn't get it done in the playoffs and i don't think you can say i mean i guess you could say well he got it done once well fuck you like if that's going to be your argument then you're just being a dick because chris paul is a great player and if your one nitpick about him before was he didn't get over the hump in the playoffs well i think he's gotten well over them he's gotten far farther over the hump than a lot of other greats have at this point right now. Right. So right, right. What, what else, what else does he need to do to, you know, solidify his, his legacy? I'm obviously he can do more, but I think he's changed whatever negative narrative that could have possibly been about him in these playoffs. What do you guys think? Do you think Bravo? I mean, I absolutely concur. I mean, that what he's done is amazing. I think his legacy, um, you know, just pulling together again, while I said he would be the, the pick because of his leadership as the MVP of the Western Conference Finals is the fact that he just went in an era of stars onto a team that wasn't given credit by the national fans and national media, um, and just brought these guys, you know, with his leadership through the playoffs. So I think that story in itself um, absolutely adds a legacy. I see, you know, uh, it only building from here next year, the year after, hopefully with Chris Paul. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it definitely changes his legacy uh, after 16 seasons. Um, you know, adding a, adding a ring is, is certainly going to be a special moment for him. Ooh, I love that level of confidence optimism on the podcast of optimism (laughs) or or as we call it on planet orange as my boy john bloom would call it as my boy flex from jersey would call it 
as I like to call it, reality. It's no longer optimism. This is our reality. It's been written. Char, Char, CP3. Sorry, I I jumped in with my my prophetic statement. No, it seemed like you were kind of like shipped off to like Planet Happy for a second there. For a second? Yeah, I mean for like ten seconds. Sorry, I do. I've been there. I've been there for forty forty hours. Okay. Well, yeah, I didn't mean to insinuate otherwise. I'm just talking about the ten second sample size that just occurred. (laughs) Yeah. No, you've been there. You've been there actually, like since the bubble. Like, let's be honest. It's true. You know, this started. This started back when you were doing the countdown, like during the you know middle of COVID, and like. I was on, I was on, I remember once the bubble started, every game we'd win because it was like that eight games that we needed. Yep. Getting out yep. like one down, seven to go. And then you get into a fight with me like, uh-uh, one down, 23 to go, man. Because uh-huh. you were counting down like the 16 wins in the playoffs. So, That's right. You know, like I think this high started, you know, 16 months ago or whatever it is. And you know what? You know what? If if Karis Levert would have taken the ball to the hole instead of settling oh. for a jumper, then 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 I would have gotten my twenty four wins already. Karis, you know what though? Thank God that Karis shot that fadeaway, which missed badly on a night that he was hitting everything else. Because I wouldn't have it any other way, right? Like I'm a big believer in like the butterfly. Uh, yeah. Like, like what happens if that young team with Rubio? goes in and gets destroyed by the Lakers 4-0 or you know does that impact this year I don't know yeah does does that make Chris Paul not be as keen on the Suns as as he was you know um who knows yeah that's that's a that is a fair fair point so I wouldn't change the thing but yeah back to Chris Paul I don't know I think he needed that game six yeah. If he didn't have that game six that was clearly a Chris Paul game, yeah, he had a great series against Denver. But then you're also kind of looking at a guy who we won two games without to start the Clippers sure. series. And, you know, he didn't have the best series afterwards. But I think – I don't know. I wouldn't put that game six last night up there with, like, LeBron's game six up in, you know, Boston. You know, that six, seven years ago. I don't think it's within that pantheon, but it's – it's pretty real, man. Right. What he did, you know, scoring 20 points Ooh. at the end of that game in just the third and fourth quarter. It was pretty legit performance. What about um what about his game six performance compared to Barkley's game seven performance against the Sonics, where he had 40 some 47? 40 something and like 24, something 24 ridiculous rebounds, like that. Right. Yeah, that's the number. Yeah, but I mean, think about like what was the moment in the game? What was the moment of the game where it was done for you in this game six? And I won't put you on the spot because I see Shar looking and I see uh, Johnny looking. So I'll say it. I'll say my moment was they came out of that timeout and the Clippers, for some inexplicable reason, decided that. Chris Paul must not be able to shoot and just left him completely wide open for a three. And I think it was at that point, that's what started Chris Paul then going and scoring the next 16 of 18 for the Suns or something ridiculous like that. And kind of along the lines of your point there, Char, yeah, that game six absolutely impacts the whole legacy discussion. And if that game six doesn't happen, yeah, it's a different story, but that game six is what got him over that hump as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it was it was that performance. By the way, Barkley, you're right. 44 points, 24 rebounds in that game seven against Seattle. I think they're comparable. I think I think they're comparable. I'd, g- I'd probably give a little bit of an edge to what Barkley did just because that was our first finals run and it was a game seven. Yep. Um, so, we, you know, it was an elimination game. But, uh, yeah, you know, and to your question, I think my moment was I thought the game was over at the end of the third because Paul had just finished it with, you know, a personal eight or nine-oh run. We're up 15, and it just looked – it, with the fact that Paul was playing the way he was, I just he had that look in his eye that look, there's no way we're losing this game. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I, I want to talk about one more thing that happened at the end of the game here in a minute, but I want Bravo to say what his moment was now first. If he if he's so inclined, I'm well, never I'm 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 a I'm a gracious host here at Fanning the Flame, so yeah. I would never force anybody to answer questions they don't want to. Yeah, there's no pressure. It's great. While I think uh, Chris Paul's game was amazing, it wasn't that the team needed to put it on his shoulders. I think everybody was contributing. Um, so to me, it wasn't, I'd say, as epic of a performance because they didn't need it from him because other players, everyone just seemed to be in it, playing well. Um, the game was not super close um you know i mean obviously every time he scored it it got a little bit less close but i feel you know crowder was the guy in the first half um you know chris paul came on in the third and fourth quarter but um yeah i mean it was an amazing amazing performance but i think everybody on the team really contributed last night absolutely um and the the the, the last thing i think like i said i have no idea how we, probably an hour or so anyway the last thing that we're bringing it to the people, there's no time frame. I know. I just, I, I don't want to keep you guys, like man. It. I won't keep you guys. I, and I was, I'm not, I'm not out here setting any sort of records. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go to bed. Um, <laughs> but I got to, I got to, I got to talk about him. Pat Bev, dude. I got to talk about him. It's, it's the end of the pod. I can, I can, I can, I can be a little Debbie downer here. I just got to talk about this guy. He's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> Like, I just the, the, like. What else do you say? Like, he's just a piece of shit. Like, it's such what a shit move that was to Chris Paul. And do you see his little tweet apology, quote unquote yeah, apologies? Way? What the fuck does that even mean? And he said, "I didn't. It, I it, I didn't intend to." What? You shoved a person in the back. You didn't intend. I don't know how you accidentally shoved somebody in the back. I get it. I get what he was saying there with that. I think he was just saying, and I think it's the case. I didn't have a, I had less of a problem with that shove than everything else that was going on in that series. And here's why I think that shove as bad as it was, he lost his head. He was really emotional about the series. That was the point where he knew it was over. Chris Paul gave him a look. He lost his head. He got caught up in the emotions. And I think that's what he was trying to express. My main problems with him though, is that, you know, everyone, everyone wants to defend him on the grounds that, oh, well, he didn't intend to injure Westbrook and he didn't intend to break Booker's nose and he didn't intend to dive, you know, under Chris Paul's legs and, you know, take him out from under. Well, at some point, you know, and this is, again, lawyer speak, Justin, but recklessness at some point is just as bad 
is intent. And when you're constantly the guy putting everyone else, you know, they're superstars in harm's way. I don't care anymore what you intend to do, man. Like pipe it down a little, control your body, play tough D, good for you. Yep. But in a way that's not, you don't constantly feel like Devin Booker's about to go out with a season ending injury. Yeah, you, you, yeah. The, same, the same people that, that think Patrick Beverly's just a hard-nosed defender probably think that Bruce Bowen was a great defender on three-point oh, shots. Thank you. Thank you. Bruce Bowen, who, by the way, has blocked me on Twitter because <laughs> apparently when you at him and his university that he went to and questioned why a university would produce somebody who would intend to injure people on purpose – they don't like when he, he doesn't like and people don't like when you do that. I think it's a fair question. It goes to the institution, right? I, I, I right. No, 40 hours. Is this one of those now? <laughs> no, no, you're, you're on point. You know, here's, so I was listening to Bickley and Murata the other day. And one of the questions that came are you up, still, are we going to get off Beverly? Cause I got one more thing on no, him. This is on Beverly. Then this you is go. Related. And then we can get back to Beverly. But so I was listening to Bickley and Murata and the question they were asking because of uh, Beverly is if you had a, in any sport, if you had to name one, you know, non sons or non Arizona player who you hate more than anyone who's, you know, a villain to you, who would you name? I guess I'll put it to you guys. You know, who's the one guy that comes into your mind as far as a villain that you were just sick of seeing here and, and them being around your team. San Antonio. Yeah. Who's going right? No, the whole city. Everything Santa, I'm like know, I'm I'm team I'm team Cuban when it comes to or no <laughs> team Cuban team Barkley. If wow, a lot of people insult San Antonio, huh? Maybe San Antonio needs to look in the mirror, check themselves a little bit. Hmm. hmm. But no, yeah, Bowen. No, serious, serious answer. Bowen. Maybe 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 a one A one B Bowen Ginobili. Right. Yeah. Me too. Braven, what would you say? Would you go with Bowen? Bowen for sure. Yeah. I mean, Beverly, see, I've always had respect for Beverly. Uh, oh, kid, eyes out. He's, let me kick him out. You <laughs> met, you know, when Beverly was like best case scenario for who was going to be our point guard, like two, three years ago, the talk was they wanted to get Pat Beverly in here. And then what, he didn't want to come here or something. Oh, I remember. I remember that chatter. Yeah. Anyways, the reason I went on that tangent with Bickley Murata is not a single person mentioned Bruce Bowen. And that was just absolutely, I mean, the they one say? persona non grata that I would spit in his face if I saw him in this town is Bruce Bowen. I mean, the guy, the guy intentionally injured Vince Carter three times by stepping under him. That's yeah, why we have this stupid rule that James Harden takes advantage of every time about crowding the shooters because Bruce Bowen rewrote the flipping defensive yeah. rule book. Yep. Yeah. What were you going to say on Beverly? You said, yeah, one more thing. So, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the, the shove. And I guess this maybe kind of goes to your point, Char, perhaps about how you weren't as up in arms about it uh, as you were about some of the other stuff in the game. But I think that was a culmination of the, and I'm going to, I was about to say, I hate to blame refs. I, and I do hate to blame refs. I just hate that they force me to do it when they fuck oh, up constantly. Um, I was going to say, you, you don't hate to blame refs. <laughs> I don't want to. I have to. If they do something wrong, I'm going to call it out. Okay. I'm sorry if that bothers somebody like the refs. 
Did you guys? Did I tell you guys I got I got I got a banned from Twitter for like a micro moment a few weeks back? Saw that it was a quick it was a quick ban though. Yeah, I think because they realized that I was complaining about Scott Foster and I'm like, yeah, no, he's right. It's not. Nope, nope, nope. He's cool. Um, but what I what I what I think it was uh was really just a culmination of the refs losing control of that game. There were. I'm, and I'm actually very interested in hearing your guys's perspectives um, on two particular plays. The first one being Pat Bev wind up, follow through from behind Aiton, contact to the head, reviewed left as a common foul. The second one being Paul George leading through with the elbow, elbowing Booker in the face reviewed left as a common foul now i probably don't need to overtly tell you how i felt about those decisions by the referees but i am interested in knowing what you guys think about about those two particular plays if you have any particular thoughts yeah i mean it's either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it either be consistent about it um that's it like if you're going to call it or you're not going to call it so if they want to go in in previous situations say well that's the way the rule's written it's to protect the player and any contact with the face and this and this well then do it every single time exactly so you know whether you think it's right or not right if that's the rule be consistent about it and that's and that's and that's all it is 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 yeah be consistent and that's why we talk about playoff basketball and it gets more physical and the refs let more stuff go that's fine just as long as you're doing it both ways completely agree completely agree and when you go to that monitor it's going to Sakakis, right i mean it's not not a, not right? not all the time not all the time but i mean if you go to the monitor there's conversations that are happening there it depends because I think certain like it seem like like it's you know it's a group decision. I think I do think the the I, okay the decision to whether it's a flagrant one, flagrant two, or not a flagrant. I do think that is communicated with them. There's communication between them. I think the only time there is none is when it's a review of a play on the floor, which is why you see things like you know the Mikhail Bridges review where he touched literally just the ball and nothing else. And they didn't reverse it because you're asking a ref in this case, if I'm not mistaken, Mark Davis, who is terrible to admit that they're wrong. Now, when you have a referee whose name, you know, that guy's ego is big enough that, you know, his name, he's not going to admit he's wrong. So there are a multitude of issues with the, the NBA's review process and system, but there, there was, there shouldn't have been an issue. It, it was, it was plain as day. I mean, the contact to the head, the wind up, the follow through same thing with, with, with Paul George and I, Char, do you have any different thoughts on it? Either of those? I mean, do you? Yeah, I think the one I agree with you guys on is the elbow to the face, just because if you're going to be consistent, Cam Johnson got, called in game five for a flagrant for elbow and Paul George precisely. So it was and he bad. didn't even, and he didn't even really hit him. Paul George flop, like the Paul George, he is like, like, like the, like the Paul George, he is I like, like, that. like, <laughs> like Palmdale P if you will, Dan Duarte, like, like pandemic P. Yeah, that was, 
So that one, you know, if you're not going to call it on Cam Johnson, I'm fine with that, but you did. So you got to call it this game. Yep. The one I, the one I differ on is I, I think the Beverly contact to the head was a common foul. And the reason is because he hits the ball first. But 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 that's not the, but that's not the rule. The rule is that if you right. hit the ball, it's not soccer, dude. Right. I mean, and I know. Van See, now 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 you're sounding like a referee. You go, okay. You just told me the rule, but I'm going to find a reason why I'm not going to change it. I just you know. That's yeah, right. Right. The NFL knows. Hey, you hit the quarterback in the head, then it's going to be a foul. You know, it's a penalty. So it should be the same in the NBA. I mean, you know me. I gotta, I gotta see the rule before I can just agree with you guys. But I, I'll take your word. Take for it, my word I, for it. Let's assume. I, I let's assume for the sake of conversation that I'm telling you the truth. I agree with what what Ian Gunny was saying. Like we assisified this league a little too much, and you know, as much as you know, Be- Beverly again. I thought he did a lot worse this series, which I had a problem with. Um, the contact to Aiden's head because he gets the ball first. I can live with is a common foul and not something else. And I want the same thing with the Suns. You know, if it was a Suns player who hits the ball and follows through in a way that didn't seem intentional, I think you leave that as a common foul. And and I would be fine if if again if it was the rule. But okay, so to can, can kind of continue on with my point, right? So in the very least, we agree that John Johnny and I think. Two fouls should have been flagrant. At least flagrant one. I, I, I can make an argument, but I won't. Shar, at least one, you agree with us. So there's at least one missed flagrant foul we can agree between the three of us. Potentially sure. two, right? Let's call it Let's call it 1.8, okay? Um, then you look and see, okay, we've got a free throw dis- disparity here in this game. Did you guys even know that? Do you have any idea? Get, take a guess what the free throw disparity was in attempts uh, game six. Clipper shot 22 free throws. Suns shot 12. Okay. I'm going to say Clipper shot 28, and I'll say Suns, yeah, 12, 14, right around there. Clipper shot 32. Suns shot 11. Wow. So, so let's, let's, let's start adding up what we have here. We have two shots to the head that – in the very least, arguably, and strong argument that should have been flagrant fouls, that they didn't do anything. We have what I alluded to a little bit ago, the clear no foul on Mikhail Bridges that they reviewed and didn't change. You have this gigantic free throw discrepancy in a game that, you know, game six elimination game where the team that's getting their asses kicked are somehow getting rewarded and going to the free throw line. What would you think if you're Pat Beverly at the end of the game? I just don't give a shit. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, I'm going to go push him from behind. And that's how the referees lose control of the game. And that's why people get hurt. That's why, De- why is Devin Booker constantly getting hit in the face? Is there something about his nose? Is his, is, is his like this, does he have some gravitational pull like in his head that like makes elbows fall? No. There, like you said, Shar, at some point, you know, recklessness becomes intent. Right. And and the way that the NBA referees handle these games, I'm fine with physical play. But when you let obscenely physical play, non-basketball plays go, and they call ticky-tack shit, 
and you start giving this one team the impression that we can we can basically beat this team up, which is what LA did. Don't tell me that they outmuscled us. Don't tell me that they were tougher than us. They they out hit us. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So at the end of the day, like the referees need to understand how to control these games. And I, I don't understand how they don't like that kind of stuff. Paul George throwing that elbow that has to have a repercussion in a game six of a playoff series where that guy has no, no, no reason to throw that other than to make contact with Booker's head. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wrote that letter to Adam Silver, which I'm waiting my response for. Hey, and we are waiting for the response right there with you. I want to know how the NBA responds to Sosa as Jay taking up you know, the mantle. Look, man, somebody somebody has to stand up for the integrity of basketball. And if the NBA front office themselves are not going to do it, then I will do that for us. And this isn't just a Suns thing. This is for the NBA. This is for the NBA fans. How much do you think they care at this point? I mean, they have a product that's pretty... I don't know if it's elastic or inelastic because I didn't pay attention in econ as much as I should have. But I remember those words, though. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those words where basically you can do whatever you want and get away with it. And they had a rogue rap who was under mafia payroll 10 to 12 years ago, who, you know, and Phoenix we're familiar with because he refed that infamous game three of the San Antonio series. And they've withstood that, you know, and it really does seem like the officiating is just it impacts playoff series after playoff series every year. Yep. You know, to the extent that we're all familiar with Chris Paul's, you know, yep. running streak against Scott Foster. And do they actually care? I they mean, don't. at the end of the day, right. I don't know they, they do. They, they, they don't. And the Scott Foster example is a prime reason why, you know, they don't care because you sure. know, they know that record exists. There's right. no reason for them to even, do anything that would create the impression of some sort of bias. They, if they can avoid it, why would they? But they don't, and they don't do it intentionally because they don't. They don't care. The NBA doesn't care about the integrity of the game, not at all. But you know what, dude? Who cares? Because the Suns are winning despite the refs. The Suns are in the NBA Finals, and that's all that matters, right, boys? Absolutely. We have been all over the bet board tonight. We've been all over the map. I am at. Am I at? Let me at. It's eleven o'clock now. Do some math for me. Somebody do math. That's 41 hours. Had a kid. I think I have celebrated this Western Conference championship as much as anybody could possibly celebrate it. Dry. Not right. not, not, not Frank the Tank. He might have some words about that. I mean, continuously. But, uh, he slept. I bet he slept. I mean, I don't know, man. Can you just imagine, like, the flip cup action like going on in Frank's pad with like 10 of his like best friends from Wisconsin right now. I mean, and then I feel like Mikhail's there. Mikhail's got to be there, you know, just still happy. Like he's still driving, driving around, you know, Yeah. just throw Like they're, they're playing flip club. I see Mikhail. I can, I can see it. Char. He's just like big, big ass amount of flipping it, man. What a great Frank and Mikhail. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell Void to make a shirt because he does. I, I, Oh, I could do it. It'd be stick figures. That'd be sweet. All right. All right, guys. Hey, any any last thoughts? Guests get last thoughts on fanning the flames, and then we'll wrap up and go home while we're home. Bravo. Fire away, man. Fire away, sure. What, what's there, that, buddy? There's, there's such an easy answer right here, guys. 
for last thoughts? I mean, the answer is four more wins, man. Like, exactly. That's all you got to say. That's yeah, like, we're, almost, we're almost home, baby. Just close this out and let's get that ring. And then we'll worry about everything else after that. But that's all that matters at this point. Four more. I'm, I'm excited for the future. So uh, the future being the near future and the, the future of the franchise. Uh, it's been way too long. Uh, way too many characters in and out of this city. Way too many uh, coaches, attitudes. Um, it's exciting, exciting times. Twins. The Morris twins, exactly. Exactly. You know. Both of whom we eliminated this playoff. Dude, God, and what if we end up if it ends up being the Bucks? Talk about just like exercising. If only we had, you know, crossed the Spurs at some point just to make it like a full exercise of demons for franchise history. Why would the Bucks be exercising demons? Don't say PJ Tucker. The coin flip. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't alive for that. Braverman, I think, was five back then. <laughs> I uh I can't say that that's something that stuck. The history me. still hurts, man. The history still hurts. Yeah. Yeah, I hear <laughs> All you. All right, I boys. You're going to go with PJ, so that's good that you didn't. That's, uh, that, that would be, no, no. Hey, you know, if anything, we should be very thankful for the Bucks for, for TC. Tori Craig. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Cash considerations, baby. Cash considerations, baby. See? Uh, people, 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 jo- people joke about it. Clearly, it's got some, it's got some clout. It has some clout. It has some clout. Hey guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. Seriously, because I needed this. I was gonna do this by myself, and I probably never would have stopped. Like ever. Just kept going. Because I mean, I'm so happy. If there's one man that I trust to have a three-hour-long conversation with himself as a podcast, I know you could do it, my friend. I take that as a gigantic compliment. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys doing this with me. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, Appreciate you guys all listening at home. We're going to get these four more. Let's get these four more. Let's bring it home. I want to see Book hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy downtown when it's like 115 degrees out and we are all sweltering. That's all I want. That's all I want. Let's get it. Thank you for listening. And depending on when you're listening, have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Ballet boys, we them 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 ballet boys. Let's go, sons, to the day y'all die. Ballet boys, we them ballet boys, we them ballet boys, we them ballet boys, we them ballet boys. Let's go, sons, to the day I die.